0: Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angles that were going on in my life.
1: Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Find a big enough why and you'll find a how. That's what they say anyway, but finding the right why or target for your running training is harder than it sounds, I can tell you it's too general, you'll lose focus. If it's too specific, you'll be missing out on the bigger benefits available to you. Too far in the future, you can't stay the course and will run out of puff. Not ambitious enough and it stops being interesting. Too ambitious and the towel will come flying in, I can tell you that. How do we do it right? Well, the only person I trust to guide us through this essential part of starting your year off right is on the line right now, the legend, the goat. Irish athletics icon, my co-host and coach of the Irishman Running Abroad, Sonia O'Sullivan. Sonia, thanks for doing this again. I believe you haven't got long left in Australia.
0: No, I have just over, well, I've just over 24 hours. So, um, but, you know, we're I, I've, I've kind of got things in a plan. And I think in a way what you're talking about there even relates to me, you know, and so, you know, these things, they can relate to more than just running mm. and just making your mind up that, you know, OK, it's time to get back to work now or it's time to, you know, get back to the structure, I think, of the routine. And, you know, we can all have, I don't know, it's, it's like we were talking about last week. I mean, we're we're in the new year now. Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah. Yourself as well, Jarlis. Thank you. We're into, 20, we're into 2022. And, um, yeah, it's time to kind of... I suppose, lace up the shoes again and not take off the flip flops. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if there's any flip flops going around over there now. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, some
1: wellies, maybe we had so much yeah. rain. It, w- it was crazy. I-, I know last week we obviously talked about the lull and, you know, this this topic this week comes off the back of that because we if you go back and listen to that episode, you'll fully understand that Sonia's advice last week was you know, really to the point. A lot of people got in touch about it because it, it, it was the opposite of what we tend to do over Christmas, which is overeat, uh, uh, overindulge and then go out and hammer yourself on a run, whereas your advice last week was, no, take the week, be kind to yourself and get ready for this week. Now, even then, <laughs> it can be hard to get the boots back on, to get out there and do it. The goal has to be at the center of that, right
0: The goal is definitely at the center, but I think the key is that the goal is realistic and it has to be achievable so it has to be challenging, but it also has to be achievable and in your range mm-hmm. and um, I mean you you set the perfect goal you, you sent me a message to her and wait. And I was like, oh, that, that's really good. So I'm going to wait now and you can tell us that when the time is right. But yeah. I think the the goal and the target that you set yourself, I suppose I can relate to it and I can see in some ways, I can see how that is definitely at this stage more achievable than training to run a marathon,
2: mm-hmm. because I
0: think the marathon, it's out there. And, you know, we we will get there at some point. But I think the way things are at the moment, it's, you, when you're training for a marathon, you really need a lot of people around you yeah you know, it's it's hard to, when you're not used to it it's difficult to do it by yourself, so I think in a way you need to increase the speed and we're going to do this as best we can main main thing will be to avoid injury yeah so we're not we're not going to horse into it straight away and you know start trying to go the pace that you want to go because you have to check where the pace you're at at the moment. And you have to be realistic and you have to work with where you're at and where you want to go rather than where you want to go yeah. and to where you're at. Uh, makes so sense. you need to set the, the goals and the parameters in the right order so that you don't kind of go too hard and then get frustrated. Mm. So you really need to see that you're progressing towards the goal each week. And then, you know, the the... We we do need to set a time limit as well on this because otherwise you can keep just training and enjoying the training. And a lot of people fall into this trap where they actually enjoy the training for what they're doing and then forget the actual goal. And and it's very easy to do that now you sure. know, when there's not not a whole lot of events on. You can kind of go from week to week and you're just surviving and you're getting through it and the time is going by. But I think sometimes you do need to put the pressure on and to set that target and the the date of the goal and work back from there.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you're uh, explicitly describing me right now, but it did feel exactly <laughs> like what I've been going through that, you know, I'm enjoying the training. I'm just carrying on with it. And as you say, there's no real narrative arc to what I'm doing. There's no beginning, middle, an end. We had a loose idea of running a marathon, maybe London, maybe Dublin, who knows? And, you know, largely, as you say, because of the way the world is, concrete plans were hard to lay. And that's why the goal that I've set and I guess the kind of template that we're going to use to help other people, regardless of what your goal is when you're listening to this, maybe this goal that I'm going to announce here and how Sonia Attacks it with me over the next, well, you you'll set the months, the parameters, Sonia, but. It, it, you can help, you know, translate it to your goals. I'll obviously post all of uh, the training that she suggests to me, the plans that she puts up, they'll be in the Strava group and in more detail on Patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad for our supporters who we are always so grateful for. Maybe treat yourself this year to extra length episodes with Sonia and the full archive of Abroad over there on Patreon.com. So the goal is to run a sub 20 minute 5k. And let's frame the context of that is that a year or so ago, I guess I was running 5k in just under a half an hour, 30 minutes or so, I think I was doing. Uh, Now, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's is it 23 minutes you you've probably looked at this more than me but it's on it's on my strava again that at the moment my my pb for uh 5k is roughly around 23 minutes is that correct
0: yeah i think it's a
1: 23 15 22
0: 22 it's saying Twenty two fifteen. oh that's right you did a 22 we hour not we're even closer than we think. So why is that <laughs> Which,
1: when you when I said to you that this is what I want to do? Is it that it's like roughly a 10% increase in, in what I've already done?
0: No, I didn't really look at it like that. But well, when you were saying 23 minutes there, I was thinking, OK, that's 30 seconds per kilometre, but now 22.15. So we are on um, less than 30 seconds faster per mm. kilometre. So it's not impossible. And then I think and one of the key factors for you, Jarlot, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to myself, is your age. So you're actually young enough that this shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> no pressure. And I'd, I'd make it. But tell Tina, tell t- Tina can probably relate to this. Shout out
1: again to <laughs> Tina, her t- who turned 40 uh, on New Year's Eve, officially the worst day of the year to have your birthday. But yeah, I am 41. I'm uh, a little bit older than her. And you reckon that puts me on an advantage here?
0: Yes, because I know I tr- the la- I'm the i trying to remember, because when we set goals and targets, the first thing I try and do is I think, OK, where can I relate to this, you know, in goals that I've set myself and how I've worked towards them, because I do float along a lot and, you know, just keep general fitness. Mm. And then every every now and then I kind of say, OK, I'm going to do this now. And I really zone in on it and get focused. Right. And when I do that, I generally have a good like, what would you say? Um, a, I write I write things in my diary better or with more purpose and with more detail when I'm actually training for something. And what actually got me started on that this weekend was not, was before you told me your goal of 20 minutes was I was at a friend's house on new year's Eve. And, um, he was said he was training for this, um, three peaks, um, challenge in Australia, which is this massive big cycle where you go over, I think it's more than three peaks, but it's up in the Victorian Alps and it's 235 kilometers and I think over 4,000 meters of climbing. So it's it's a big challenge. And he was a bit kind of hesitant about talking about it. And then I said, oh, I've done that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he was surprised that I actually did it. And I said, yeah, I think I've written down what the training I did for it. I'll go and check it out and I'll let you know. And I so I wasn't gonna tell him exactly what I was doing, but what I was trying to say was, you know, this is what you need. You need one big cycle on the weekend. And then you have to get in three or four during the week. So you really just have to be consistent mm. with what you're doing. And then you also have to be specific. So then a day later, I get your 20-minute goal, you know, or the um, the aim
2: mm.
0: um, that you're setting yourself. And I kind of think, oh, wow, I did this when I was 50. I wanted to run under 20 because I felt like I was getting away. It was getting away from me and I was being very comfortable running 22 minutes. And I could do that any day of the week. But to run under 20 minutes was, it just seemed like nearly, it was getting to the point where was I ever going to be able to do it again? And I'm I'm actually starting to think that now again. And for me, when I turned 40, the big thing for me was that, okay, I've got to run under 40 minutes for 10K. That's, you know, that was the benchmark. I was saying, you know, if I get slower than 40 minutes, then that's way too slow. <laughs> so at 50, it was half the distance and the same pace. And I managed to do it. So well, um, let me
1: ask you here, but- <laughs> because like obviously people are listening to this going, this is Sonia O'Sullivan saying this. And I always think that that when you say stuff like that, uh, you know, it is humanizing in so many ways because people have this lofty image of you, rightly so, for everything that you've done. But that you, as you've gotten older, have had these thoughts of, you know, I I can't allow this (laughs) to take place. If I go slower than that, what what have I become? Those are thoughts that all of us have that I do think that some of my urge to run under 20 minutes for 5K is that I have it in my head that if I'm not running under five minutes for 5K or 20 minutes for 5K, that I I somehow am a plodder or just that I haven't really I've spent this long training and I still can't do that. How much of choosing your goal has to be connected to your sense of self and your actual identity and does that work when you connect the goal to who you view yourself as
0: yeah i think you know when you have a goal that's based on time like this you're there's a little bit of you is looking around as well and you're looking at all the people around you and you're seeing the people who can run under 20 minutes quite easily mm. and you you think i'm putting in all this effort but how can i not be able to run under 20 minutes because you know it's 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 I don't know, it's in a way it's probably it shouldn't be that hard. And I say this all the time. When I ran the park run on Christmas Day and I think it was something like twenty one forty or something like that. And I was like, Oh, it shouldn't feel that hard. <laughs> you know, when you come in to finish line and everyone's it's like it's harder it's harder than it should be, is what I say, And that's what that's when I know it's time to kind of be a bit more specific, a bit more focused and to I don't know it's I don't know it's just you just feel like you want to check yourself I think mm. and you want to check you know can I still do it and I think when you set yourself a number that this is the benchmark here and this is what I'm going to work off of then I think you can see yourself drifting from that goal <laughs> and it's a bit like drifting from fitness you know if you take a break from training even over the Christmas, you know, you relax, you enjoy it. and But then you can feel yourself drifting away. And it's a little bit harder work when you get out there to do some training. Now you feel like, OK, I can't let myself get too far away from this now. Or it's going to be really hard work.
1: Running is not about the results. Running is enjoying life. Look, you're saying, can I still do this? For so many people listening, myself included... It's can I ever do this? Like, this will be a first. This won't be a case of I wonder, can I get back to the fit me that used to do this? This is just new soil. I'm sure that maybe in my 20s, if somebody had asked me to do this, I could do it maybe actually probably in my teens, let's be honest, or maybe when I was a toddler. I don't know. There has to have been a point in my life when I could do this, but it's certainly not documented. When somebody is going, setting their goal for something that they've never done before, what's your advice to those people? Because again, not everybody's aiming for this goal that I'm aiming for. What would you say to those people who are like, picking a goal right now in January and it's something they've never done?
0: I think you have to have a step-by-step process. So you have to have steps along the way where you can see that you're heading in the right direction. Mm. So you always have to be getting the feedback so that you continue to be motivated to work hard. Right. And so it has to look like you're getting close. And there's a possibility, that sometimes you know a bit like Kipchoge <laughs> will relate will relate Jarlath breaking twenty to um, Kipchoge <laughs> breaking two. <laughs> this
1: could also be released as a comedy podcast. It has to be said.
0: <laughs> and the first time he did it, he ran two hours and twenty five seconds. Mm. And when you break that down, it was one sec. He was off it by one second per mile. Yeah, which seems like. How could you miss that out like that? So he was obviously ready to break two hours, but then he couldn't turn around and go after it again the following week. And so I had a look at my training diary, and so one I was calling it breaking twenty, because it was right around the time when he was breaking two hours. And I think the first time out, I did run twenty oh something or twenty fifteen, or it was pretty close anywhere. And I thought, all right, okay. I'm I'm knocking on the door here now. I'm very close. And then that's when you have to go straight out there and do it again. And you have to really go for it. And you have to be fearless. So you have to get to the point where you know you're really, really close. But then you have to be so fearless that you don't really care if you miss it by a lot the next time. Because you know that the only way you're going to achieve it is by going somewhere where you've never been before.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I certainly m- the hairs go up on the back of my neck when I think about that, because I think we've all been in that place where it's like it's it, it, I guess shit or bust is the term that you would have heard as a youngster. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's do or die. It's like uh, there's no going back. You're past the point of no return and you're wholly committed to doing this. And You know, I I guess I can't picture it even in my mind right now. And I hear everything you're saying, and I'm sure people are listening to this and picking their goal for whatever marathon time they want to run, half marathon, 10K, 8K, whatever it might be. But they're going to try and pick something that excites them. I always thought that that was the key, that the, the actual target, whatever it is, should make you excited, the thought of, oh, fuck, if I pull this off, man, I'd really jump around the place if I crossed the finish line in that time, or if I managed to run that amount for that long. You get what I'm saying there, like excitement has to come into this. It, it can't just be a a number, a thing, a place or a distance. I, would you agree that you have to directly connect emotion to it
0: oh absolutely yeah emotion is so important like the energy that you get from it like you have to really want to be you know invested in the training and invested in everything that that's got to do with it and that's why it has to be pretty short term right so you know around 8 weeks is lots of time. Oh, shit, you're saying
1: I'm going to do this in eight weeks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? What just happened? (laughs) Well, in eight weeks, we definitely need to be, you know, under 21 minutes.
1: Oh, my God. Well, I think I I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, In eight weeks. So walk us through what you're, like, I'm looking at the plan that you've written out for this week, right? And this week, I really get the impression. And again, this will be great advice for anybody listening and trying to, uh you know translate this into their own your first week in january for me to me it looks like a uh you know the way the the teacher would do a whole let's see how good you are at maths kind of test is that what this week is about <laughs> it's uh well let's see exactly how fast you can run
0: to a point yes so it's not very it's not very heavy on distance so you you should be fresh enough going into this And I think the key here will be because we've got the session for tomorrow is it's a specific session and it's six times 400 metres and a two hundred walk and jog in between and then follow that up with four times 200 metres. Now, the 400 metre efforts, they should be at 5k pace. So we'll have to work that out, I think. I haven't wrote that down for you.
1: Mm, I'll scribble it on. Yeah.
0: I'm going to put it down at five k pace, your current five k pace, and so that would be hard enough.
1: What would that pace be, do you
0: think? I'll I'll do the maths and I'll get back to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I get back to you later. But then after that, we're doing four times two hundred meters. Now the two hundred meters, they can be faster than, you know, so they could possibly be at you know, faster than 20 minute pace for 5k.
1: OK, so what but I would not, say you, my current 5k not, pace is 430 per kilometre. Per,
0: per kilometre, yeah.
1: And then if you are saying the 200s should be, you know, at our goal pace here, that would mean that they need to get down to 355-ish.
0: Well, the 200s should be about 45 seconds each. OK. And I think this is where we come into the kind of realistic goal setting here. So if you're running the 200s at 45 seconds, so they should be comfortably hard. Yeah. So that probably you'll run a bit faster. But if you're aiming for 45, if you run faster, then it's a bonus. So then that would mean that the 400 meters should be around 95, less than ni- 95 or less. A percent on, of my, not- my effort. No, start again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start again. Okay. Ninety ninety six seconds for four hundred meters. Oh, I see. Is, I see. Is four minutes. Is four minutes per kilometer pace. Okay. So, I've seen you do them in like eighty something. Mm-hmm. But so I think if you can aim for anywhere between ninety six and a hundred seconds. Like if you start off at one, 100 seconds, it's 1 minute 40. <laughs> in case you don't know the math there. <laughs>
1: Thanks for explaining that.
0: One. <laughs> and just see how you go with that. So aim for 140, knowing that 96 is 4 minutes per kilometre pace. But if you can do six of them in 140 with 200 metres walk-jog, then, that, then that's a good starting point.
1: So a lot of people listening to this will never have done, you know, a track thing. They won't have gone down near a track to do this. Now, we've been over this a few times that, you know, making space in your week, not just to do easy runs and long run on a Sunday is essential. And there, you said something in a text to me during the week, which is that the benefits to your long stuff of getting good at the short stuff is immense. Can you break that down for me? Because I first of all, I never really understood that. I've always thought, probably from listening to Trevor Cummins a little bit, saying we need to run you at your ideal marathon pace as much as possible. Why can running these short, fast paces, how in the hell can that help my ability to go long and win the Cove 10 mile road race, which is obviously our overall (laughs) goal? (laughs)
0: Oh, I don't know now. We'd be bringing someone in to break the course record down there. And go. <laughs> we won't put that much. We won't put that pressure Not on you this year. Not this year. Yeah. You, no, you can come and entertain the crowds this year. <laughs> um, but I think so for the faster efforts. What you're doing is you're tapping into a different energy system, and so when you do that, you're using different muscles. Well, you're using the same muscles, but you're using them more efficiently. Mm -hmm. So, even though what you're doing is a lot less than normal, you'll have to take more time to recover from it. And you really have to tune in and ensure that you're not going way too fast, that you're going to get injured. This is the key here. Like, you really, every effort that you do is not 100%. You still have to balance it and you have to find the point that you can do that's not too much.
1: Now. There, right there, let me jump in there, because that is my my biggest. That's the biggest danger here with these, that if you write that down six, four hundred meters and four two hundreds, I would say, like a lot of fellas, the thought in my head is I'm going to see how fast I can do these. But that's not the goal.
0: No, you have to. They need to be all at relatively similar pace. So the first one can't be super fast and then the last one super slow. <laughs> yeah,
1: which I've done so, before,
2: yeah.
0: They all need, like the average needs to be what each one is, not like taking the ones that you do and adding them up and then averaging it out.
2: Mm-hmm. And which having, I've also done. Having some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've <don't>, basically
0: <laughs> so,
1: made every mistake you, you can make at this. So it's really finding this controlled uh, pace and sticking to it and not going eyeballs out.
0: Yeah, and the danger for everybody, you know, I do this myself, is as soon as you get on the track, you lace up your shoes, you even change your shoes to faster shoes sometimes, is that your, your mind and your body is ready for a hard effort. So you start off way too fast over mm. the first 200 metres. Mm. And so then you're just trying to keep it going for the second 200 metres. So... When you do that, the first effort that you do, you really have to slow down the second four hundred meters, and then the second time you go out for the next four hundred meters, you have to trust yourself that you don't have to you don't have to bank time in the first half that you can actually go at an even pace, and by doing that, then your recovery from it will be a lot easier for the next one, otherwise you are going to get to the fifth and sixth four hundred meters. And you're going to be really, you know, on your ear at that Mm. stage thinking, how am I going to do this? Whereas you should, it should be manageable, it should be achievable. And you should be confident that, yeah, I can do this as long as I don't go too fast on the first few. Because what happens if you go too fast, even on the first one or the first half of the first one, you're going to be tapping into the lactic acid area. So your whole body is going to be flooding with lactic acid and then you've got to clear it before you do the next one. And so the more lactic acid that you get at the start of the session, then your body is working overtime to clear that out so that you can go out at a steady pace and get these things done without the lactic acid. But it's like you're fizzing off, your whole body is fizzing off as you're going around there, and you can't get rid of the fizz. So the bottle is, someone's shaking off this bottle of fizzy lemonade, and uh, you can't get rid of the fizz, the fizz fast <sighs> enough. So every time you go out to do an effort, you're starting at a higher level of lactic. So then you're going to be into the kind of the red zone quicker. And then you're going to have to really fight it on the way home. Does
1: that um, make sense? That does make sense. And the TK <laughs> Red Lemonade analogy really worked for me. I mean, we've all been there, <laughs> somebody has <is> shaken this <laughs> bottle up too early in the day and at some point the lid is going to have to come off. I'm joking, but like that this is this is the free part of this podcast. You can come over to Patreon.com and get the extra length of this discussion. We're going to go even further into the plan, talk a little bit more about the second half of the week and what Sonia's got planned for me there and how the eight week process is going to work in my bid to break 20. It sounds so dumb, but it's important to me. And half of this running stuff, when we break it down, it is silly. We're all just racing our own race, but uh, that's part of the joy of it. Now we have to go around the parishes to see what you, the listeners, have been running this week. I'm sure, Sonia, you've been keeping an eye as usual on our Strava group strava.com forward slash Irishman running abroad very easy to find the group if you just want to search my name or Sonia's name or even just the group itself it can be found there quite easily on Strava and we'd love you to be a member maybe you'll get a shout out the first shout out Sonia has to go to our first ever Irishman running abroad uh, Christmas meet-up run which took place on the 29th of December in the Phoenix Park and a brilliant turnout. I can give a shout out to a few people that took part. I don't have all the names here. Barry Cox, Carl Fleming, Leo Mulrooney, Michael Kelly, Olivia Vaughan, Winona Grant and Jackie Fox were there and they all made off with an Irishman uh, abroad badge and bag. But we had a hell of a run around uh, the Phoenix Park. I have to give a shout out to these people because the conditions weren't exactly perfect. People will know that we got an awful lot of rain in Ireland over Christmas. So it was splashy at times. But there was a gale blowing on the way out to the Orris. We were uh, leaning into it. Let's say we weren't quite at a 45 degree angle. But I kept reassuring them that when we got across towards the, when we faced that John Paul cross, we would be blown back to the coffee hut. And that is exactly what happened. We went from running a 5.45 pace to a 4.40 as the wind blew us across the Phoenix Park. It was so much crack. A massive thanks to everybody who came out and Total understanding to everybody that tried to be there but couldn't. Uh, it was socially distanced and perfectly safe and will not be the last one we do. Sonia, you're thinking about setting up your own one at some point. Would you do that in, in in America?
0: I could do it in America. I was I was half thinking about setting up a meet up here in Port Melbourne. But then I was spent a bit too much time down the coast. So I'm back a bit too late and I only had one day. And well. then I also did manage to tweak my hamstring as oh, well over yeah. the weekend. How did you do so, that? Um, uh, I'm not 100% sure. I wasn't I wasn't full on sprinting anywhere or doing anything extreme. But I I don't know, maybe it's a combination of a bit of dehydration maybe. And maybe not enough warming up
2: hmm.
0: properly. So, So I've decided, no, I wasn't going to do anything mad and put myself under pressure to meet some people to run because when you have an injury like that you can easily kind of I suppose do things you shouldn't do when you're with other people whereas mm. if you're by yourself you can manage it a bit better so I've decided to continue to take it easy this week and then do a bit of a restart next week when, when I'm hopefully back in America and everything is you know, in, in the training camp in California so everybody's in the routine and I'll be in the routine too. So then once I'm in a kind of a fixed area, then maybe I'll try and look around and see who I can find that might be able to join me for a run. Because that's, I found that a lot last year was I, I didn't find too many people to run with when I was traveling around the place. And, and it's, it's amazing the difference it does make when you do meet somebody for a run. So I did meet Eva Cook at one point in Park City. And that was really high energy to meet her and get to go for a run with her. And then the two boys, Dernit and Dara Driscoll, who I met in Cove recently, it just reminds you of how important or how valuable it is to, to run with other people. Mm. And to, you know, you can, probably both compromise a little bit, either slowing down or picking the pace up so that you meet somewhere in the middle. And you can you help each other to get along and enjoy the run because it's just nice to talk to somebody. And sometimes you, when you're on your own, you're very fixed in your own paces, but you have to adapt a little bit when you're with other people. And you can forget the effort and the hard work when you're chatting away as you run around. And I'm sure that was how you felt last week in the Phoenix Park, as difficult as the conditions were. It looked like you were having a lot of fun.
2: It and really you disguised
0: was, yeah. it. You disguised it really well in the still photos that you took. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't tell how hard it was. <laughs> yeah, out
1: it, it really was a lot of fun. And I, I, like I say, I wouldn't say we'd have done it without uh, the group. Like it certainly was uh, a different course when I ran it with Liam Mulroney The. The weekend before to kind of do the bit of a recce uh, run. I want to give a shout out to a group of runners in London as well. Irish Run London is their Instagram page and you can meet up with them. They do a 5k social pace run every month and meet up at the Lodge Cafe in Hyde Park Corner at 9.15am. Maybe... uh, join together with them and do another London meet-up run before the big meet-up which is the Cove 10 Mile Race Sonia, I set up the event in the Strava group and we've had 40 members already register and say that they are up for it and we also had one standout one really caught my eye, and that was, uh, I have to get his name here, Michael Kenahan. He he's, he's commented on a couple of things, but he said, I just listened to the episode and I've set myself one of my first goals for 2022. In the spirit of healthy competition, my first goal is to beat Jarlath Regan in the Sonia Sullivan run in April. <laughs> <laughs> he has the age advantage and is being trained by Ireland's goat well I'd say I'm a more stubborn fecker when it comes to a finish, <laughs> so I told Michael, "You're on." <laughs> if that's what it takes to get Michael Kinnahan down there, or anyone who wants to come down and challenge me, I will give an Irishman a broad badge to anybody that finishes ahead of me uh, in the Cove Ten Mile Road Race. It obviously is registering. You go to my results. is not it. That the page my results. ie is where you register. Registrations open. Get yourself a lovely red T-shirt and the whole lot. Uh, we're just setting up what's going to happen on the weekend in terms of extracurricular stuff. But it's going to be great, Sonia. You must be getting excited.
0: Yes, I'm excited for the Cove 10-mile race. And that's definitely something that I'm going to zone in myself once I get myself back going again. And it's really exciting to have people in our Strava running group sign up already. Um, I did notice that we now have 1,398 runners in the group. So maybe it's time to start um, waving a few flags and encourage more people to sign up and we can get to 1,500 people um, in the next few weeks. And then if we can get a good percentage of them coming to Cove or even the option of running virtually is there for, I think, just 10 euros. And then you have the option to purchase a T-shirt or a medal. Um, But to get the very special mug, which is always beautifully... Designs and mug, by yeah. the mug, the mug we have a lovely drawing on there. I think this year is probably the the design that was going to be used last year, and it's a, a kind of a sketch that gets drawn and then printed onto the mug um, by a runner and triathlete in Cove Ruth Thielen. Um She does some lovely drawings and very they're kind of cartoony, but they include all the specifics and this year I think it's the Bell Valley Castle is the image that will be on the mugs um, and we and we so you have to come to Cove to get the mug but you can also run virtually and that's really important because we do have a number of runners who are scattered all around the world and these are the people who I want to give a quick shout out to is um, Joseph Hoare who is in Dubai and he runs around the Dubai Marina. So I'm always attracted to the maps and, you know, where people are running. Mm. And um, so he gets up there bright and early, I suppose, to avoid the extreme heat. Um, though it can be a bit windy down there as well by the marina. And then John Ennis is in western Fiji, and he was doing a five-kilometre run during the week with some sand sprints running. Oh, so that's, very
2: nice. how, that's pretty
0: hard work as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and one map, one map that always steps out, stands out to me, I don't know if you ever catch this one on your Strava feed, is when people go around Central Park in New York.
2: Always, yeah. It's a
0: very iconic-looking map, but mm. you always have to look twice because often people go around Central Park on this thing called Swift. Yeah, I don't know, do you know Swift? No. It's probably more common with cyclists, but you can actually go on a treadmill and then you can decide where in the world you want to run. Um, but Kira Malone and her friend Valerie T, they tend to meet up in Central Park a lot and get out there um, for a good, good hour. You can get a good 70-minute run taking in the whole loop of the park um, around the, the bridle path, they call it there. So it's a nice soft surface. And uh, a very, very popular place for runners in New York City.
1: Lovely stuff. A couple of final shout outs before we go to a break to Kina Hearn and also another one that popped out to me was Finton Cunahan who just yeah you know, threw in a lovely easy half marathon for himself in Fingal. No sweat, not even not even going on about it. The top of the leaderboard at the moment, and we don't really monitor the leaderboard, is Orla Bourne who did a cheeky little 42 kilometre run. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's not even Tuesday. I was like, Orla Bourne, calm yourself down. That's ridiculous running. Fair play to you. We'll catch you all after the break. Brian Connolly's on sound. Tina and Mikey make sure everything happens here. A happy birthday again to Tina. Come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. Support the show and start enjoying the benefits of premium Irishman
0: Abroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. The champion of
1: the world. Imagine you know a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's gonna make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.
2: Wow.